Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. There are ways to accomplish the infrastructure with current spending and cutting elsewhere. We're not discouraging people from getting vaccinated. We're encouraging people to make decisions for themselves. They'd rather investigate the January 6th event where already 500, 600 people have been arrested. There's a reason why people are flocking to Florida to have their kids in schools so they're not forced to wear masks all day long. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. Tom, Benny, Clark, and you. Lots to talk about. Uh, The rain has started. It will be around for the next 36 to 48 hours. Uh, Apparently, there's a low coming up the coast. And uh, the thing to watch out for is uh, there is warnings of flash flooding throughout eastern North Carolina. So beware. Some sad news to report. A couple of officials in uh, our government have passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. WNCT is reporting that uh, sheriffs throughout eastern North Carolina are expressing their condolences after news broke yesterday of the Jones County Sheriff Danny Heath passing away unexpectedly. He was only, uh, I think, 52 years old, born uh, January 12, 1969. Uh, lived in George uh, Jones County in his entire life, except for when he was serving his country in the United States Navy. And uh, there was supposed to be a press conference earlier this afternoon uh, in Jones County to go into the details. I haven't had a chance to uh, find out what they have said. We'll try to get that and uh, pass that on to you. Also, the News and Observer is reporting Jerry Carter, who was in the North Carolina House. Uh, he passed away. He apparently has been suffering this summer through a rare bowel disease and uh, passed away. He was also a chaplain of the North Carolina State Highway Patrol, a man of deep faith and faithful prayer. So said Tim Moore, who uh, said he was heartbroken and devastated by Carter's sudden death. We'll feel Jerry's loss deeply in the North Carolina General Assembly. My prayers with Jerry's family as they grieve this great loss in the days of head. He was 66 years old. So uh, two deaths very uh, suddenly and unexpectedly. The big news across the nation, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. The gold standard for governors. The gold standard. <clears throat> uh, that's exactly that's what, that's what, what Joe, Joe said. said. Mm-hmm. He was the gold standard. Uh, he couldn't do anything wrong. A great guy. Great guy. Uh, Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and then retaliated against a former employee who complained in violation of state and federal law. New York Attorney General Letitia James uh, had a press conference earlier today outlining the 165-page report. Here is Letitia James from earlier, eh, it was about 1130 this morning. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. The investigators independently corroborated and substantiated these facts through interviews and evidence, 
including contemporaneous notes and communications. This evidence will be made available to the public along with the report. According to uh, Cuomo, they're lying. (laughs) The attorney general probe included interviews with 179 people, found Cuomo harassed current and former staff members for seven years, from 2013 to 2020. And uh, Cuomo says, no, they're all liars. The... uh, individual who really got this ball rolling, former staff member Lindsey Bolin, first one to come forward with allegations detailing encounters with the governor in a medium post back in February. I mean, it's amazing. This is the guy. Now, of course, you know, he also has to deal with the nursing home scandal where he uh, forced nursing homes to take in COVID positive patients, which basically knocked off a bunch of uh, elderly folks in nursing homes across New York. But uh, 11 different complaints, 179 interviews, and uh, doesn't look good. Mm. And liberals and conservatives both are saying it's time to resign. I, I think the entire New York delegation has said he should resign. Is that I right? <clears throat> and, and Joe Biden's press conference on the way in, listened to it on the way in the station, and he said he should resign. He said... Well, I think he said he said back in March that if the attorney general recommends if he's found charge, guilty, found yeah, guilty, he needs to resign. But you know, I mean, these stories have been going around for at least a couple of three years, but the press have left it alone, uh, just like they do every other Democrat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, it'll be interesting tonight on CNN to see what Frito Cuomo, um, what's what's his brother's name? I call him Frito, like uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Um, I mean, see if he he's hands off on this tonight. And he's actually been he's been busted. on. Yeah, this. he's been kind of linked to some things. I, I read some excerpts from the AG's report and it's like, yeah, uh, he's re- he's brought up in the report. Yeah, He's like an enabler. Or, uh, yeah, was, he, he certainly uh, worked against the women mm-hmm. and for Andrew. So, yeah, it, it, she actually points out in the report that it is pretty obvious that Chris Cuomo helped write documents that the governor released proclaiming his innocence. So he writes Mm -hmm. it up, and they've got emails. They've got the emails that Chris Cuomo sent to the governor's office saying, this is what you need to say. And, of course, even beyond that, he had the governor on his program multiple times. (laughs) And you know it was a, it was a big oh, you know, big love fest yeah a big, big love big, fest yeah. and both dealing with the coronavirus mm-hmm. uh, in the nursing homes as well as the sexual a- allegations and of course Chris Cuomo is now, I mean look both these guys are liars oh yeah Chris Cuomo came out and said I had nothing I had nothing to do with Andrew Cuomo's defense and it is very obvious through the emails that he was writing up the talk, talking points for his brother. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just amazed at uh, people that that get caught with emails and texts in these investigations. Yeah. And, and 
I'm not saying one day I'm not going to be caught doing something, but it's going to be a wire. It ain't going to be a freaking email and a text. I mean, this just doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. that, that stuff is so easily accessible. But as, as if it doesn't exist, and uh, if, you know, if, if I delete it, nobody's going to find it, or there's no video of me saying this, that, and the other. I mean, <laughs> these people are, are national figures. Anything that they say in public is is recorded. Now, I wonder tonight on CNN's coverage, will they ask the legal analyst, what's the guy's name? Is it Tobin? Tubin? <laughs> the Tubin, yeah. the, uh, the man that did yeah. the dirty deed on yeah. Zoom. The, um, <laughs> what, 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 was the, what was the Seinfeld-ism? Um, um, oh, using his body for the amusement park. Uh, we'll yeah. just leave it there. But uh, And everybody was there to view it all. I wonder if they'll have him as a legal analyst talking about it. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. Yeah. About uh, yeah, the the guy that a guy that was called in a Zoom meeting, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what, doing the business. The, the most blatant uh, accusation comes from one woman that apparently uh, Cuomo actually placed his hand up her blouse and groped her. Now, what he did wasn't nearly as. I mean, it was it was. A violation of law. He broke state and federal law. It wasn't as violent and horrendous, perhaps, as what Harvey Weinstein was found guilty of. But uh, or Joe Biden's accusations. Well, that's Think true too. That. That's true too. <clears throat> I mean, Joe Biden. What was the girl's name? Tara Reid. Uh, Tara Reid. Yeah. According to Tara Reid, instead of going through the blouse, he went up the skirt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not to get graphic, but that's what but she said. Ex- exactly. And not a single question about that at the press conference today. Um, you know, President Biden, can you relate to these accusations since Tara Reid? I mean, that, that's a valid question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it not necessarily saying that you did it, but you can relate to these accusations. Yeah, you now you don't think that would have come up if it was Donald Trump and a Republican that was accused? Oh my goodness! Thing about it, you're not going to have an AG and um, and well, I guess it, if it occurred in D.C., I mean, who would handle it? I, I don't know how that works legally, but you wouldn't have an AG that would even yeah. you know, cross that yeah. with Joe Biden. But so Cuomo has denied touching anyone inappropriately, but when he met with investigators, he admitted he may have kissed certain staff members on the lips. Last I checked, that is touching inappropriately. I mean, it might not be groping with your hands, but an unwanted kiss on the lips. Now, you know, I mean, I, I, you see all the time where someone in his, sees an old, you know, a, a, plutonic relationship where a male meets an old female friend from way back when and gives a a kiss perhaps on the cheek but an unwanted okay that's enough of the sound effects an unwanted kiss on the lips i don't think so i think that's uh, qualifies as touching inappropriately she ought to kick them into you know what (laughs) that would be touching inappropriately um anyway uh you know it's it was interesting too though um, Elisa Stefanik called for the governor to step down and, and face criminal charges. Now, again, the uh, Letitia James said the, these are not criminal charges against the governor, but there could be criminal charges. I mean, it, the local, I guess it would be the local DA mm-hmm. would decide, like the uh, whoever's the DA in Albany could take this report and file criminal charges against the governor. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be shocked. And that's really going to depend who the local DA is. 
But I, it, it wouldn't shock me if, if that happened. Well, if it occurred in Albany, you can guarantee that DA is a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, let's see. She said, no one is above the law, and today justice must be served. Governor Cuomo must resign and be arrested immediately, Stefanik said in a statement. Um, one of the women that um, came forward was a, what was her first name? Her last name was Liss. Liss, who ale- alleged that Cuomo frequently called her sweetheart or darling and had kissed her on the cheek and hand while she worked as an aide in the executive chamber, responded to the investigation's findings by thanking those who supported her. Thank you, thank you to everyone who expressed support out loud in whispers. And then she goes on to say, and for the hugs and hand squeezes and texts. You know, if I was, now look, I'm not defending Cuomo at all. But for the hugs, I mean, she's thanking people for the hugs and the hand squeezes. And yet she came forward and um, accused the governor of these same things and called it harassment. Again, I'm not defending the governor uh, because there's enough other evidence out there that this guy was up to no good. But it just is a little interesting. I mean, in this day and age, you know, the things that you used to be able to do in a relationship, and 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 when talking about complimenting, well, my, you look nice today. Mm -hmm. I like that new dress on you. I mean, you you can't say that kind of stuff anymore for the fact that, uh, oh, that's sexual harassment. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you're was, ogling me. I was probably, uh, you know, the, probably the first generation professional generation that experienced uh, the sexual harassment training because of the uh, Clarence Thomas hearings. You know, happened what late eighties or whatever. And um, <laughs> yeah, that was eighties, uh, eighty six, was it? Yeah, probably a little later than that. Wasn't yeah, eighty eight, eighty eight, eighty yeah. nine. But um, it certainly was. Uh, <laughs> There's certainly a sea change in the corporate environment, and, and honestly, it should have been. I mean, I've, I've witnessed things that I've told people were inappropriate before, but um, it looks like this guy's been doing it his whole career because, you know, there's people that have talked about it um, for, for years. And, you know, he, I think he runs New York like a mob boss. You know, He comes across that way. Yeah. He comes across that way. I mean, it really does seem like the Cuomo mob family. And it's amazing how the Democrat. I mean, they are piling on him now when he was— it was clear that he was going to be their next candidate for president. Oh, yeah. I now, mean, Biden said not only was he the gold standard, but he'd make a great president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they were grooming him, and uh, I guess he'll be out. Now, it's interesting. You, you talk about them as like being a crime family or part of the mob. The Free, Bre- the Free Beacon is reporting two of Cuomo's top lieutenants. Interesting way to describe them recruited the president of the human rights campaign to obtain a confidential personnel file on one of the governor's accusers, which led to multiple media outlets. According to a bombshell report released by the New York attorney general, this is part of her, uh, Letitia James's report, Richard Asbarati and Melissa DeRosa directed the release of information about Cuomo accuser, Lindsay Boylan. Boy, you can see the, uh, Lawsuits coming out of this mm. after she publicly accused the governor of sexual harassment in December of 2020. Cuomo sexually harassed at least uh, 11 female employees. Uh, the report also accuses Cuomo's advisors of overseeing a culture of fear and intimidation. 
The report is likely to lead to calls for Cuomo to resign. According to the Attorney General's report, DeRosa requested Boland's file from Alfonso David, a former Cuomo legal advisor who is now president of the Human Rights Campaign, a pro-LGBT organization. DeRosa sought the information after Boland tweeted on December 9, 2020, that Cuomo was one of the biggest abusers of all time. Her allegation led to a tidal wave of accusers coming forward to describe sexual harassment they faced while working for the uh, Democratic governor. David, who took over the human rights campaign in August of 2019, sent Boland's file to um, Azaparati on December 11, 2020. David testified he kept Boland's records after leaving government service because it may have been the only instance where he actually involved in a counseling of an employee when he was in the executive chamber. Now, what's fishy about this? Okay, uh, listen, why would they know to go to this guy, Alfonso David? Why would Alfonso David keep the personnel file of this one individual? Now, he says, well, it's because that was the one example of when I counseled somebody. Mm -hmm. What a—I mean, is anybody going to buy that? And this is the one— and. I guarantee, I mean, look, connect the dots. And if, if I connected, I'm speculating here, okay? But if I would connect the dots, I would say the governor said to him, hold on to that information that you have because I have done something that I might need a get-out-of-jail-free card. Hmm. And I wonder the legality of him holding on to that file. Oh, major, major lawsuit. Yeah. But then it's, it's personal and confidential. Then he gives it to them, and then they release it to the media? Ha! <laughs> Uh, this woman is never going to have to work another day in her life. Yeah, and the mainstream media, I mean, they, they have been so uh, tr- transparent about their bias on this story for, for months that, uh, you, I mean, you've heard nothing about it. If it weren't for this AG report that came out today by a Democrat governor, I mean, they they have to cover it. But, I mean, they've been completely silent when these things have been circulating for so long. And I, Now, I have to say, too, as you bring that up, this Letitia James is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got to say kudos to her. She's running for governor. Well, kudos to her. I mean, yeah. look, I, she, I, she might have an ulterior motive. Oh, they all have ulterior motives. <laughs> <laughs> it's politics. <laughs> Benny Hardy with his editorial comment of the day. Hey, we got to take a timeout. We're over, over time. Stay with us. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Just a reminder, uh, there is uh, a flood watch for just about all of eastern North Carolina, and uh, it's going to rain pretty much all night tonight and all day tomorrow and into tomorrow night. The sun does come back out on Thursday, and uh, Friday and Saturday, a chance of rain. So uh, anyway, it's looking uh, a little wet. Be careful, especially if you're uh, seeing a large puddle in front of you and you decide to go through it. Uh, it might be a little deeper than you think. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood Pay Zero Initiation Fees. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. 
Find out what makes iron with the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best Ironwood Golf and Country Club. And, you know, I know that the summer, it's hard to believe that we're in August already. Summer's winding down. Mm. The best time to get out and play golf is in the fall. I mean, it is just low humidity. Temperatures are great. And uh, that is that is my favorite time of the year to get out and hit the ball. The Carolina Journal is reporting the Senate's top officer is continuing to highlight his concerns about the agenda of the anti-racist summer camps and teacher workshops tied to the Durham public school system. Anti-racism sounds nice. Who wouldn't want to be an anti-racist, says the news release from the Senator uh, Phil Berger's office. But the doctrine of anti-racism and outgrowth of critical race theory teaches adherents to view everything in the world through the lens of race. The basic problem with anti-racism is that it advocates discrimination based on race. According to the news release, Berger focuses on a recent WRAL report about summer camps and workshops run by the group We Are, short for Working to Extend Anti-Racist Education. They partner with Durham Public Schools to impose a doctrine on students and teachers, according to Berger's release. An organizer for We Are told WRAL their work is critical right now with there being so much pushback on this critical race theory, according to the news release. You know, it's going to be interesting to see because there will come legislation that will basically say you're not going to teach critical race theory in our public schools. But there will be things like this that uh, will continue to happen to try to get around that. Oh, the, yeah, they'll massage the, the title, massage oh, the, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. the chapter titles, but it will be the same Marxist BS. That's, same, same I, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. No, it's, it's here to stay, and they, uh, I mean, I think, the, I mean, the Democrats are embracing it. I mean, I, have you heard a single Democrat come out and oppose this critical race theory no. in schools? I haven't. No, no. Certainly not on a national level. The uh, senator um, cited... Things like these teacher and student training exercises and summer camps shouldn't come as any surprise. Durham City Government authorized and endorsed a report calling on teachers to host in-class conversations about, quote, white privilege and how white people can be supportive of anti-racism. There you, you know, go. I hate to speculate what certain people would, uh, where would they fall in this, but there's absolutely no way, I don't think, based on all the readings of Martin Luther King that he would embrace this. Oh, no, not I mean, at all. No. Not at all. I mean, just I just don't believe it. Um, uh, uh, ben Carson, just no. over the weekend, said that exact same thing, that, you know, okay, let's judge people by the content of their character and not by the color of the skin. And critical race theory says the opposite. It's the color of your skin that matters. I mean, who would have thought that we would have that kind of statement coming from, quote, tolerant liberal, liberals? Uh, First and Freedom is reporting. Um, headline, here we go again. Charlotte expected to pass woke LGBTQ non-discrimination ordinance for small employers. And again, you know, it's amazing how these liberal agendas, uh, give, them, give them credit where credit is due. They are experts on naming themselves and calling their bills the opposite of what they really are. You know, oh, yeah. we're anti-racist and how are we going to promote our anti-racism is we're going to accuse every white person of being a supremacist based on the color of their skin. Yeah, based on the color of the skin. <laughs> um, 
you know, when it comes to uh, discrimination, okay, we're going to pass this non-discrimination ordinance for small employers. Well, this is this is HB two all over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is what it is. So this this non-discrimination for the LGBTQ community will in- include. This is the this is the doubling down of the bathroom bill, mm-hmm. and now it's going to be applied to businesses as small as. 15 employees and so when it at the end of the day they're going to reintroduce the bathroom bill and they're going to basically shove it on you whether you want it or not and there will be all kinds of fines if you don't obey to it if you don't obey it um there's only two conservative republicans on the uh, city council in charlotte um one of those was a guy named edge riggs he said of this proposed legislation You have to be prepared that any action you take against them, talking about small businesses, or any future uh, or any failure to promote them on anything else is going to result in some sort of protest, legal action, or whatever. So in other words, what he's saying is, okay, look, if, if a business fights your legislation that you're promoting here, that person is going to be targeted. That person is going to be, or the business is going to be canceled. And, and you're basically introducing the protest to come on, onto this business person or this business. This is particularly important for these smaller employees because they just don't have the resources. They don't have the time to show up at all these hearings. They don't have the lawyers. They don't have the ability to defend themselves against these actions. And here's, here's the bottom line on this. You look at these cities that are run by Democrats throughout the country. Why do you think people are just leaving Chicago, leaving L.A., leaving New York City as fast as they can? New York City is down with some 40% from where it was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And this, this is what you want to introduce to Charlotte? I mean, right now, Charlotte is a thriving city. You bring this kind of garbage in there, it's not going to be thriving for very long. It's well, amazing how short-sighted Yeah, you they look are. at the city councils for Charlotte for the last few years. I mean, they've gotten progressively progressive, <laughs> I yeah. guess. I, and I think to the point of no return because, uh, you know, you've got so many people out in the suburbs and, and, and actually, actually municipalities other than Charlotte, they may work in Charlotte. That <laughs> I, I don't I – don't, I think Charlotte – I mean, Charlotte – in terms of policies, will soon become a next Baltimore or yeah. Chicago or yeah. Detroit, DC or Philadelphia. I mean, they're all, they're all in trouble. Yeah. They're all in trouble. And yet, you know, the Democrats have been doing this for fifty plus years in these major cities. They have been absolutely destroyed, and yet they want to take that that plan and implement it across the United States. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, California is a failed state uh, because of their policies, and they want every other state to be like California. You know, it's. I, I was thinking today, uh, we, we ought to be grateful that we're not in a major metropolitan area. I mean, we have these small to mid-sized towns throughout eastern North Carolina, Jacksonville, New Bern, Kinston, Washington, Greenville, Elizabeth City, Edenton. You know, some, some are small, some are mid-sized. But it's, it's so refreshing not to be in a Baltimore, which is where I grew up. I, I have zero, zero desire to ever go back. I, it is because you have these, the, the crazy people in charge, mm-hmm. the people that have no common sense, the people that want to implement all, all this radical, nonsensical behavior. I am so glad 
And and my hunch is you're going to see, unfortunately, well, fortunate or unfortunate, you're going to see a lot of these smaller cities begin to see their population increase because there's going to be a lot of these people that in in New York. Well, here's a here's a New York story right here in my hand. New York Today unveiled their new key to the New York City Pass. The program on Tuesday announced that you're going to have to have a health pass providing evidence of immunization against COVID-19 in order to enter some indoor settings. The New York Times reported New York City will become the first U.S. city to require proof of vaccination for a variety of activities for workers and customers, including dining, gyms, and performances. To put pressure on people to get vaccinated, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced Tuesday morning. Now, look, this is just going to be for some people. They're going to say, that's it. I've been waiting Mm -hmm. for an excuse to get out of this blankety blank place for a long time. This is the this is the straw that broke the camel's back. And again, no mention of any antibodies. In other words, no no mention of natural immunity. You've got to have the vaccination. You know, out west, um, you know, people from where I was on vacation in Idaho and Montana. I mean, people are flocking from California, Oregon, and Washington to Idaho and Montana, escaping these crazy policies, these dangerous cities, and that type of thing. And the same things happen somewhat in North Carolina. Tennessee is another big place where people are moving from the Northeast and some of the cities in the Midwest that have crime issues. Um, you know, Tennessee and North Carolina is booming because we still have a majority of sane people in the state. <laughs> I just heard... Uh... Well, it's my daughter who uh, lives outside of Charlotte. She says the problem is if you live in Mecklenburg County, where she lives, but not in Charlotte proper, you can't vote for the Charlotte City Council. Only people who live in Charlotte proper, where your more conservative people live in Huntersville, Cornelius, Cornelius, uh, Matthews, those areas. But we can't vote for the Charlotte City Council, even though they are uh, Decatur County does. I guess she's talking about a different count out that uh, in uh, I guess she's referring to Atlanta, perhaps. I think so, because I don't know of a Decatur County in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. OK, <clears throat> but that's, so, so that's in to, Decatur County, you can vote for the city council of Atlanta, I guess is what she's saying. I guess so. But, you know, I know, you know, Atlanta, especially Charlotte, somewhat like this, but Atlanta especially is, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty sprawling, sprawling city area. You know, what's interesting about this, though, so. Um, de Blasio has come out and saying, you got to be vaccinated. We're going to have basically a, a pass for you to get, you know, to indicate you've been vaccinated and you're not gonna be able to do certain things if you don't have the vaccination pass, not a antibodies pass, a vaccination pass. But according to recent data provided by the city indicates that more than 60% of all New York residents have received at least one dose of the coronavirus vaccine while 55% are fully vaccinated. As of Monday, officials had recorded 10,015,459 total doses administered in New York City. Black New Yorkers, however, have the lowest vaccination rates in the city, as only 35% have received at least one shot. 31% are fully vaccinated. So is this a racist policy? Is he targeting blacks? I don't, I mean, I'm just, just, I mean, if this was, again, if this was a shoe on a, on a Republican's foot, they would, uh, they'd be crying racism. Right well, here. you know, I got a little bit of debate with someone earlier this week about um, those statistics. <laughs> and, you know, I argued that, hey, 
um, the the voters that voted for Biden overwhelmingly. I mean, the black population did. Black population in New York did. I mean, the data is clear. I mean, Biden Harris was saying very clearly in October he they wouldn't trust a vaccine. Now you think all of a sudden now you gonna go back and 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 trust it when they yeah. you know you know people are pretty smart. They know when you're just playing politics and and Biden and Harris and the Democrats. COVID has been all about politics because they're the same party that said Donald Trump was a racist for implementing travel bans way back when. So I don't, you know, I don't see how anybody could trust anything coming out of the Democrat Party's mouth, really. By the way, my daughter just texted me back. She says, sorry, it's supposed to read that even though they dictate our policies, not Decatur County. Oh. <laughs> read it before you send it there, girl. Uh, because it'd be Fulton County in Atlanta anyway, right? Where's Decatur County? There, yeah, there's actually a Decatur outside of Atlanta. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Fulton okay. County is Atlanta, though. Yeah. Hey, uh, we've got to take another time out. When we get back, there's an interesting uh, article out in uh, The Spectator uh, that uh, questions uh, some interesting things when it comes to uh, COVID. Stay with us. We'll have that when we get back. You're vaccinated. You must wear a mask. Why? We need to get people vaccinated. Killing people who are vaccinated to wear a mask doesn't get more people vaccinated. Confusing the kids and the parents even more. Get the facts. Get the correct information. Eastern Carolina's news source is news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Interesting story out of The Spectator. The Blaze picked up and ran with this as well. The New York Times basically buried, they quashed the COVID origins inquiry. And this is from a top editor that worked at the New York Times. They instructed the Times staffers not to investigate the origins of COVID-19. Two employees have confirmed this. In early 2020, a veteran Times reporter um, and an employee told The Spectator, I suggested to a senior editor at the paper that we investigate the origins of COVID-19. I was told it was dangerous to run a piece about the origins of coronavirus. There was resistance to running anything that could suggest that COVID-19 was man-made or had leaked accidentally from the lab. And basically, this story goes into two reasons why. One, because it would make Donald Trump look good. (laughs) Two, because China was financially running advertorials, editorials that were paid mm-hmm. and paying big bucks to the New York Times to run these advertorials. The New York Times is in, in sh- on very, very shaky financial ground. I mean, if, if you look at the New York Times building, which used to be entirely occupied by the newspaper, they only occupy a couple of floors now, and the rest is being leased out. The rest is probably mostly empty, but they're trying to lease it out because they are in financial woes. And imagine for years, newspaper families were some of the wealthiest in America. Not anymore. Mm -mm. So the two two reasons, Donald Trump, we don't make him look good. And two, you know, they're, they're, they're buttering our bread. Um, it is, it is sad where we are. It is sad that there's very, obviously we have conservative journalists now, 
But it's sad that we have so many people that are that have enjoyed the American dream that are doing everything they can to work against the freedoms that we have and work for the CHICOM. Yeah, can you imagine um, if the media world had not been, you know, basically turned upside down to last ten or fifteen years with online, you know, online sources and that type of thing? I mean, can you imagine uh, the news that people would be getting now? Because the major networks and yeah. and all the major newspapers are oh, yeah. are liberal across the country. Can you imagine if that was people's only source now? Yeah. And which now Google is trying to. Um, make that happen. Make that happen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's clear, clearly been done by Google and, and other uh, online platforms. Alexandra Stevenson was the Times Hong Kong reporter. She said of the idea that COVID was man-made, she called it, quote, the kind of conspiracy one once reserved for tinfoil hatters. <laughs> that's, that's your uh, New York Times. And, of course, now Trump is gone, and now the Chinese uh, government has stopped their paid advertorials. And now you're beginning to see the New York Times begin to say, well, maybe it was man-made. Well, you know, it's a failure of the news media, but back even further than that, it's it's a complete failure, in my mind, of public health. Because, you know, they— they have whatever was anti-Donald Trump. They were so emphatic about things that you know. No, it's a wet market. You know, you know Joe Biden just a few months ago, what May or June? Let me repeat myself. If you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Well, you can't walk that back now. So you know, this is an ever-changing thing that you know we really don't know about. Say that up front instead of. I mean, why why would the people trust them, unless you're willfully ignorant? Interesting article out of Mercola.com. Dr. Joseph Mercola, doctor, medical doctor, he has put together a really interesting article. Now, I I will say that, uh, I mean, and it comes from reliable sources. Uh, This was originally published out of the King's College in London, which operates the Zoe COVID study app to monitor COVID infections and vaccination rates. It has actually found that the the increased number of people that are coming down with COVID, there's actually more people coming down. The, the, the numbers are, are slanting in the direction that there are more people coming down with a second dose of COVID who are, are for some, it'd be the first case of COVID. Mm-hmm that have been vaccinated yeah. than the unvaccinated people. I mean, there was actually a study out a while back um, from uh, Barbara Lowe Fisher, co-founder of the president of the National Vaccine Information. She came out in an interview in 2011 saying that she described the evolution of bacteria to evade vaccines. Quote, every life form wants to live, wants to survive, universal principle, and viruses and bacteria are no exception. And when you put a pressure on a virus or bacteria that's circulating with the use of a vaccine that contains a lab-altered form, uh, that virus or bacteria, it doesn't seem that it would be illogical to understand that that organism is going to try to fight to survive. It's going to find a way to adapt in order to survive. So, again, okay, this is speculation here but some pretty well-renowned doctors have said this is a possibility that the vaccination 
is actually causing the COVID in the body to say, okay, I, I need to, I need to adjust myself as as a uh, new variant. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is this is interesting stuff. But the but the numbers they they've studied um, in Chile where there's a high number of vaccinations. They've studied in Great Britain where there's a high percentage of vaccinations. There's a couple of other countries in there as well. Uh, Israel was one of the countries, and they were uh, saying that in um, they confirmed that 55% of the newly infected people in Israel, for example, have been vaccinated. So, um, you know, I, it's here's the other thing about this whole thing is we are in in such the early stages of this, and because it was such a horrendous pandemic, and it was taking so many lives. You know, we we jumped where where normally you would be testing these vaccines for years. Mm-hmm. It was weeks, and so we don't know necessarily know what what the final outcome of all this is going to be. I'm I, I'm just I'm just bringing you the story. Okay? China does because they created it. Well, <laughs> that's true too. Hey, we got to take another time out. We'll be right back. Eastern Carolina's place to talk about coronavirus. You fund the police. Everything. Give me liberty or give me COVID-19. Right now, more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Fox News is reporting the uh, genius of D.C., Maxine Waters, is pushing the CDC to extend the moratorium on evictions that began early on in the coronavirus. Now, the CDC came out on their own. I mean, no authority, no no power to do this, but the CDC came out and said, okay, we're going to make sure that nobody is evicted during this pandemic, and so therefore we're, we're pronouncing by the CDC that you can't evict anybody. And, of course, the White House picked up and ran with it and whatnot. Um, the Supreme Court came out mm-hmm. and said, you can't do that. Yeah. that. That's illegal. You have no power to do that. You're not a legislative body. Uh, you, you have no standing. To me, that should, I mean, I would think that would be very elementarily clear. You think? To most people. <laughs> um, Maxine Waters today came out and said, well, you need to do it anyway. Ignore the Supreme Court. Just go ahead and do it anyway. We did it once. The Supreme Court came out and said, you can't do it again. Maxine Water just came out and said, I don't buy that the CDC can't extend the eviction moratorium. Something has already been done in the past. Who's going to stop them? Who's going to penalize them? Well, that's part of the problem is nobody is ever personally held accountable. She said there's no official ruling saying that they cannot extend this moratorium yeah, there was. It was called the Supreme Court. Hmm. And this is interesting because these are the same people who, when it comes to abortion, are quick to come out and say, wait a minute, Roe v. Wade is the established law, law of the, the land. land. Yep. You, you know, the courts have proclaimed abortion is established and legal, and you can't change it. But when it comes to the CDC and this moratorium on evictions, Maxine Waters says, go for it. Unbelievable. About, hey, yeah. We gotta run! We'll do it again tomorrow at five. We'll see you then. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.